You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOPN Columbia. On the phone with me is Ellen Elaine Pollock. She is the author of the book, The Professor of Immortality. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start writing. Oh, um, well, I started writing as a, as a child, but then I got uh, I swerved into physics, actually. <laughs> um, when I was in junior high school, I was actually told that I could take the more advanced science and math classes in our um, high school because I was a girl. <laughs> and that got me mad, and I uh, taught myself physics and math and ended up getting into degree in theoretical physics, <laughs> which I walked away from because, uh, well, I didn't know at the time why, but um, y- you can you can imagine looking back. So I, I actually wrote a book about that, uh, The Only Woman in the Room. But um, luckily, while I was still an undergraduate at Yale, I took a, a writing course, uh, mostly for fun, and it just changed my life with a wonderful writer named John Hersey. He wrote the book Hiroshima. And so when I walked away from physics, I walked towards writing. And so that's why a lot of my books sort of have a, um, a sciencey side to them. They're often, they're not science fiction at all, but um, often the characters are scientists and the plots sometimes revolve around sort of sciencey things uh, from a woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should add too, I grew up in the Catskills at a hotel, like the one in Dirty Dancing. So <laughs> I, I'm also very interested in comedy and stand-up comedy. And it was very influenced by writers like Grace Paley and Philip Roth. So I have both sides of me. Some of my some of my fiction is is darkly comic, but uh, even when I think I'm being serious, readers tell me that they find themselves laughing a lot. Tell us about your new book and why did you decide to write it? Well, it's interesting. So, uh, 25 years ago, I moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to teach in the creative writing program at the university there, and. Um, we already had a connection to the Unabomber in that a graduate of our MFA program had uh, been working for a professor who received one of the Unabomber's first packages. And it exploded. He, thank God, wasn't killed, but he was hurt. Um, but then it turned out we had an even bigger connection. When the Unabomber's manifesto was published in the 90s, um, you know, it was his own brother who recognized the writing and agonized about it, but turned him in. Now, I found that very moving that you would have to think about whether to turn your own sibling in for something like that. But it turned out that Ted Kaczynski had been a student in Michigan for five years getting his PhD in math. And it was at Michigan that he kind of snapped and, and you know, went on to become the Unabomber. But one of his former professors said at the time he was so shocked because Kaczynski had been one of his favorite students and in fact had gotten the only A plus he'd ever given him. I had had so many students like that, you know, these very, very bright but alienated, angry young men who, you know, had problems with women or were lonely. And uh, something just clicked. I thought, what if I had been that professor? And I had read the um, manifesto and started to wonder if this favorite former student of mine might have written it. Um, so that's that's the basic plot. There's a professor which instead of being a creative writing professor, she runs something I made up called the Institute for Future Studies. And um, she studies the effect of technology on, on how we live. And her specialty is immortality studies, which is the study of what I made that up to, of what extended lifetimes are going to, you know, the changes that are going to make in our culture, literature, religion, everything. 
tell us a little bit about your characters. Well, that character, Maxine Sears, um, so she's an older woman, a middle-aged older woman, and she grew up being so excited by science and technology. Her father was an inventor, and she, like me, could never accept the fact that she might die one day. You know, she was going to find a way to keep humans alive forever. Um, But as the novel starts, her husband has died. Her beloved son is missing. She actually thinks that he might be involved with the student who went on to become the, I call him the techno-bomber. So someone who once wanted to live forever really, you know, was finding it difficult to even get out of bed in the morning. I, I really wanted to explore a woman's point of view, an older woman's point of view on all this technology and, you know, future studies and where we're going. Because so often it seems to me the future is being created for us by, you know, these very young, white, straight, male people, engineers living in Silicon Valley. And I'm not sure that's the future the rest of us want to live in. So she's the main character. And then you know, she, they're the people she teaches with, her students, um, a love interest, but mostly her um, son and former students. So it's, it's sort of a thriller. She's got to figure out whether to turn in the Unabom or whether her son might be involved. So we see a lot of her relationship to her son, her aged mother who's in a nursing home, and to this former student who's based uh, largely on Ted Kaczynski. What is the connection between Maxine's professional life and her personal lives? And why did you give her such a burden to have? Yeah, you know, it's funny because people who read the novel say, oh my goodness, there's so much going wrong in this woman's life. And, and they think that's unusual <laughs> when I wrote it. I mean, the only thing that's different about her life is that she thinks this former student might be a serial killer. And I, I admit that's not you know, an everyday occurrence. But other than that, you know, I think her life's fairly typical. She's lost someone she loves. She's got a complicated relationship to her son who seems to not want to talk to her or see her at the moment. Her mother is in a nursing home and she's got to keep up a job. You know, she teaches and runs an institute. To me, that was like normal life. Um, You know, giving her this extra burden, I, I, I admit that's different. But I think what people don't realize is that professors are, are, are the ones who see all these troubled young people. Um, you know, so many of the shootings we've had, the, uh, examples of domestic violence, um, I mean, domestic terrorism also. Mm-hmm. You know, the students who perpetrate this, the young people are the ones who snap, and uh, especially creative writing professors see that side of their students and worry and don't know what to do with it. But I've often been under, you know, uh, serious threat from students and um, certainly even science professors have that. So I, I don't think that her her life is that extraordinary. Um, and, the, and in the ways that it is, that's how writers, that's how fiction writers tend to um, bring out what's really true about a character. So I think under stress, we all reveal who we who we really are. What are you currently working on? <laughs> well, you know, actually, when you're on tour, you, you end up not working on anything except, you know, promoting what <laughs> you wrote. It took me eight years to write. But, um, and, and I just started a writing advice column on medium.com. Oh. But I have, um, I've, I've since moved to Manhattan, and uh, I'm dating in my more advanced years, and so I'm writing a lot of short stories and some essays about what it's like to actually be um, 
you know, online dating, dating when you're older and maybe wiser uh-huh. in, in this age, you know. So. Where can people get your book? Oh, thanks. It, so it, it came out at the beginning of the month, The Professor of Immortality. It should be in your local bookstore. If it's not there, I'm sure they'll gladly order it for you from Delphinium HarperCollins. Um, the chain stores have it. Uh, you can order it anywhere online. Amazon has it. Or you can go to my website, www.eileenpollock.com. Are you on any social networking sites? I am. Um, people can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and, uh, and, and through my, through my website. Um, so yeah, I'd love, I'd love to hear from people. Is there anything else you'd like to add or say to your readers? Just thrilled to have you find my books. I hope you enjoy them. Don't be scared off by the science aspects. I'm trying to just show we are all living lives today that are so, so influenced by all this science and technology and, um, I, I think we all deserve to think about it. You don't need any sort of special degree. Um, so yeah, and thanks so much for having me on. This has just been so wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor, and you have a great weekend. You too, Jill. Take care. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.